Welcome to the Life Church. We are so excited that you've tuned into our program to listen to a wonderful message. On behalf of Pastor Walt Landers, our senior pastor, we just want to say thank you. Our mission here at the Life Church is to connect people with God's purpose. If you don't already have a church home, we want to invite you to join us at 3301 TLC Way. Now let's prepare our hearts to receive a word from God through this morning's message. Well, this morning we've got another standalone service, and um, and I was I was looking at you know just uh, probably three different messages that was kind of going at the same time and trying to trying to kind of narrow it down and and um, and it kind of came late and uh, and then a lot of times you're looking then for some kind of confirmation. I'm telling you, the worship team like bam. Those, that song selection, I'm going to talk to you about the power of hope. The power of hope. And this is, this is kind of a, a familiar passage or a familiar you know, message, especially you know, from, from me and my heart. I, I just believe that people need hope. That something happens when you, when you uh, devastating that happens when you lose hope. And there's something so great, so powerful when you have hope. See, I believe we're supposed to be called to be hope dealers. Not dope dealers, hope dealers. <laughs> Some have gone from being dope dealers to hope dealers. <laughs> and that's a good thing. And, uh, and, and I, I just want us to look at what God's Word says, because it says a lot about this aspect of hope. And hope can, can, can cause you to be carried through some extreme uh, troubling water and circumstances of life. And, uh, but also, when I see people that don't understand having a true biblical hope, they, they, uh, some people, they, they just exist. They just exist. They go through life, and they're just trying to survive, and they just, they, they, they don't understand, you know, what that really looks like. And, and others are caught up in selfish lifestyles and selfish motivation and just living for themselves to please the flesh. And that's where their life is lived because they really don't have hope in God. And others have false hope. They put it in the wrong things. They maybe put it in a false religion or some other kind of person or sin or something to make them happy. And, and so they, they live empty. But today, I believe that if we can go to God's Word and you can really let God's Word take root in your heart, today you're going to experience something fresh from His presence. There's something powerful with hope. And what you're going to find is that I believe it directly connects to understanding His purpose for your life. That's why we, we, we at the Life Church believe that we're here to connect people to God's purpose. If you can connect to God's purpose, life has fulfillment life has significance it's real meaning i mean this this thing when you connect to his purpose and you understand what you're really living for it's amazing i want to read a passage of scripture here from jeremiah 29 jeremiah 29 verse 11 says for i know the plans this is from the niv translation it says i know the plans the king james says the thoughts when you look at that word in the hebrew it also means his purpose his purpose Come on, God doesn't do anything by accident. He's God. It's like, oh, darn, look what just happened. <laughs> That's not God, right? I mean, it's like everything is intentional. Everything is with purpose. He says, I know the plans, the purpose I have for you, declares the Lord, 
plans to prosper you, to create success in your life, and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Isn't that good? Hope and a future. Then, look at this. Sometimes we get these backwards. We think, well, if we work hard enough and we do, then, then we'll have some hope. Look what he says. Look, you just tap in and understand God's for you. And you understand he's got a future, he's got a hope, and then look what happens. Out of that, all of a sudden it says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Are you fully engaged in this? Are you sold out? I believe it all comes back into this place of connecting with his purpose And that purpose begins to release hope in your life because it is a future and it is a hope. Amen? You know, um, years back, you had uh, Norman Cousins. Norman Cousins, very, very intelligent man. He, He was the first, maybe the only guy that's ever received an honorary doctorate from Yale University. And, uh, and, um, then he went from there to, um, UCLA Medical, um, University, you know, for medical science and, and was doing some, some research and some different things. And he got intrigued. He had, you know, at that time, way back then, they were, they were you know, of course, looking at all the different systems in, in, the, in the, the makeup and the biology of the human being. And so, you know, they're looking at the respiratory system and, the, you know, the blood system and all the different systems, your neurology system. And he got intrigued by wanting to study the immune system because there really wasn't any major research on the immune system. And so, so he uh, sought out some help. And, and um, matter of fact, the founder of, of McDonald's, his wife got on board, gave him, gave him like, I think, 10, 11 million, and he got another 10 million from somebody else. And, and uh, so he had over $20 million. And he began to do this research. And, and so they were approaching it from all this medical science place of trying to discover, you know, okay, you know, what, what is it about this immune system and what helps him boost the immune system, what negatively affects the immune system. So they're approaching it, and, and he begins to venture outside the box and, and look at other, other things that might affect the immune system. So what they did, especially back then, and they still do it, and God bless all the doctors. And when you need a doctor, great, but listen, they're not God. They don't get the final word. You don't have some date put on your foot that says expire, expiration date, blow. <laughs> you know, and, and, and yet what, what he noticed is, is they would say, you got cancer, you got three months to live. And people would just melt, they'd die. And, and yet there was some that just, it was almost like reject that and they'd live. And they'd beat cancer. And it's like, okay, what's going on here? What's the difference here? And so he actually, what they, what they set up is, is, is an experimental process, and they bring the person in, let the doctor just drop the bad news. Boom! You have terminal cancer. They draw the blood, put the blood under the microscope, and what they found is all the, all the cells that would typically engage in fighting disease or infection would just go dormant. Just like go to sleep. And then he'd take that person, and they would bring in later, they would set up another meeting, they'd bring in a survivor. 
and let the survivor tell their story. And then they'd draw the blood after the survivor walked out of the room. They'd draw the blood, stick it under the microscope, and the blood cells would come alive. How important is hope? It may be the difference between life and death. We need to understand the power of hope and the difference that it can make. The Bible teaches, and, and, and I'm going to use this as, as point one, hope is foundational to faith in being able to receive from God. Hope is foundational. See, it, it, it says in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There is an unseen realm. There's things that may not be tangible in the natural, but if God has made you a promise, if God's Word has already spoken in that, over that subject, then, and you choose to believe that beyond your circumstance and your situation, now you're moving from hope. Because here's the thing about hope. Hope is foundational in this respect. Hope is a picture. Hope, literally the Greek word means an anticipated future. What are you anticipating to happen? Where's your expectation? What What are you looking forward to, negative or positive? What is the picture in your mind? And that becomes what faith connects to. Because see, hope is futuristic. Faith is now. In other words, Jesus taught very specific in the area of faith that ultimately for miracles to happen over and over throughout, throughout the Gospels, you'll see where he says your faith has made you well. Go your way. Your faith has healed you. He never says your hope did it. But hope doesn't operate without faith. Why? Because hope, that's, that's why Hebrews 11.1 1 says that Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The title deed, the Amplified says. You own it. You've sold out. You bought into it. God said it. That settles it. And so in that, your faith is engaged through hope. What is the picture that you have? And if you... If you're looking at the wrong thing, you're hearing the wrong thing, you're meditating on the wrong thing, you're not rejecting the wrong thing, sometimes you've got to stand up. You've got to say, uh-uh, not having this devil. Look at this. Romans, Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. In believing, that's the same word as faith, that you may abound. Oh, man, I just got like excited on the inside. It was like, whoo, man. If, if, if y'all aren't getting anything out of this, I'm getting a lot out of it. <laughs> I'm not preaching this for anybody else but me. <laughs> I'm going to start back up. It says, now may the God of hope, he's the God of hope. Think about it. He's the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace. 
How, what's that joy and peace connected to? In your believing. What do you, what do you believe? What's your faith connected to? And says that you may abound. That there is a super overflow. That's what that word means. A super overflow of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just like Miss Jenna was talking about as she hosted so wonderfully this morning. Man, because, listen, it's he that does the work. Now, our believing is taking him at what he said, but by the power of his Holy Spirit, he's, he's causing the swing to go, the momentum, right? He's making that happen. Something awesome takes place when you truly connect to God's Word. It's anchored in God's Word. You've got to spend some time in God's Word. Do I need to keep saying that? Hebrews 10, 17. By, faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's Word. <laughs> Read your Bible! Is that plain enough? You know, they say that, that nowadays that it's, it's, it's actually, and, I, and I'm telling you, I, I've, I've got all kinds of apps. I've got the YouVersion app. I've got the Olive Truth app. I've got the Logos Study Bible app. I've got all kinds of Bible apps on this device, okay? So reading my Bible is easy. But you know what they're now saying? I've got all kinds of app stuff popping up from my Bible app. <laughs> they're saying that that, and they're saying, especially with younger generations, even more so, that they've moved away from the actual paper and ink and have completely just are on their app, on their, on their device, and that in that, they're not actually reading their Bibles the way a lot of us were brought up reading the Bible. A physical Bible, a print. They're saying be, the reason being is that the distractions that happen, come on, how many of you have been on, on your device trying to look at something and there's something else popping up? It's like, get out of here, get, quit. Huh? Right? And all of a sudden, God's trying to talk to you and all of a sudden the devil sends a text. No, not a devil, but a, maybe a friend. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're distracted as much as I have that I'm telling you in, in my study area I have a real leather bound nice study bible of print you can hear the pages I thought Pastor Daniel would really like that and I know that some of you may think it's sacrilegious, but I've marked and highlighted and sticky noted. And Listen, if you can't do that to your Bible, put that one away and go find one you can. Because <laughs> oh, God will talk to you. And so much of my life is governed directly back to what God says. And because of that, I have hope. Number two, I've got to hurry Number two, hope is connected to a mental picture. Already hit on some of this. Having the right mental image will produce a positive action. How many can remember the word that I use for this? 
Come on, it's one of Walt Landers' made-up words, I know. Mimage! Pastor Daniel. <laughs> a mental image, a mimage. It just popped out years ago, and we've been saying it. You need the right mimage. <laughs> the right mental image. Some of you are going to get that. You're going to write it out. Somebody may do something. It may, it may end up in the dictionary. Who knows? <laughs> we may start something. Because if you have the right mental image, all of a sudden it, it carries you somewhere. It causes you to be able to see things that normally you would not be able to see. I want to, I want to look at this passage of Scripture here in Romans chapter 4, uh, starting here in verse 17, Romans chapter 4. It says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Speaking, he's talking, they're talking about Abraham here. It says, In the presence of him who he believed. Abraham believed in the presence of God, and it emphasizes that, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Who contrary, look at this, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Here was, here was Abraham. You remember early on, it was just Abram. No kids. But what does God do? God leads him out there and takes him out there into that starlit night. Now, time out. For you city folks, I've got to help you. If you've been in the city and you've got all the city lights, I'm telling you, the stars are not as bright. I remember Joanne and I, we've been, you know, a few times in, in, uh, in, the, in the remote parts of, and we've been, I mean, into the bush of Africa. There is no city lights. You don't see nothing. Matter of fact, we were out there one night, and they, you know, all the lights, they turned the lights out on the Jeep, and we're just sitting there, and it's overcast. There's no moon. There's no stars. I mean, literally, it's like, <laughs> you can't see your hand. <laughs> It's like, it's dark. But then you go out there on a clear night with no city lights, and you look up, and I'm telling you the brilliance of creation, of the stars. And, I mean, being able to see so many. Think about that. In Abram's time, there ain't no city lights. And for God to take him out there and say, Hey, Abram, look, check that out. So shall your descendants be like the stars of heaven. He got a mental image of his future. Now, he didn't get to live to see it all on this earth, but it was still a promise of God. And he saw it. He just saw it in the unseen realm. You know, there, there, there's so many things that sometimes I, 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 you know, and I have people that get around me and sometimes, you know, they, they see that visionary aspect, but, but I don't think it's, it's 
it's just me. I, I believe that God wants all of us to develop that area of being able to see beyond the natural, beyond natural circumstances, beyond what the voices of the world would say or even negative things that, con- that are contrary to the Word of God. And I believe God wants us to all to develop this area that hopes, even at times when it is contrary to hope. And I have faced this, and so, man, I'm telling you, I have battled, I have fought, I have devil, city governments, I mean, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I guess growing up on the north side did work something out. At least I'm a fighter. <laughs> I don't just quit. I had to learn to fight fair, especially when I did karate. Signed up, you know, I said, hey, you want to go? We're going to Fort Worth Grand National. I was like, heck yeah. You know, I was only an orange belt, but I never showed up for all the other stuff. You know, I just showed up for fight night. So I got up there and blacked the guy's eye, did a spinning back fist, knocked him nearly out, and then kicked him out of the ring, and they said, you're disqualified. <laughs> like, well, this is what you're supposed to do. This is karate, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> not if you're an orange belt. <sighs> Why did I get off on that anyway? <laughs> you got to fight by the rules, I guess. All right. (laughs) There's a message in there somewhere. In this, I've just, I've, I've been able to see, I've been able to look beyond. And I pray that you'll look beyond those voices. And sometimes it is a fight of faith. Sometimes it is being able to stand when contrary to hope, You're going to hope anyway. Why? Because God said. This is what God said. And then the last one, hope is an anchor, a refuge to our soul. We sang so much about this this morning. I just, man, it was like God saying, yeah. You know, because, you know, sometimes when a preacher, you know, you're not sure about a word and you're trying to, okay, is this really what I'm supposed to preach or not? And then you go in here and then you have some, you know, awesome worship team that just stamps affirmation all over it. (laughs) Feel like they sang your sermon. (laughs) It's like, yes. Hope is an anchor. Hope is an anchor. Hebrews 6, 19 through 20 says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Jesus, with the price that he, he paid in his death, burial, and resurrection, ascending into heaven, sitting at the right hand of, of the Father, and he's there by the very act of what he did, making intercession for us as our covenant. It's an anchor. It'll hold you steadfast. Listen, now, if you're putting your hope in false stuff and someone else or in, in some... Man, there's so many things that you can somehow get lost in putting hope in the wrong things. 
but hope in God. Look at this. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Is your hope in the right place? Are you hoping in the Lord? For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when he comes. There comes that. <laughs> like, I preached that last week. We're crossing over. But there's a storm. Worse than that, they get to the other side, and here's the maniac, some devil-possessed guy that's, you know, <laughs> going nuts over there. Like, wait a minute, time out. Jesus, we're following you. We're, you know, through the storm, through the... Here's a... And then besides that, then they're not... Then Jesus isn't even celebrated. You know, he casts the devil out, sends them into the swine, into the pigs. They run off in the sea. They come to Jesus, and they're like, hey, you need to get out of here. You're causing quite the problem here. I mean, here's a guy that's been demon-possessed, going... He was mad. He was so mad when it says that they came to, to where he was there before Jesus. It says he was there in his right mind, fully clothed. What does that tell you? Before that, oh yeah. Like, poke your, eye, poke your mind's eye out. <laughs> Some of you get it in a little while. Here's this crazy maniac running around naked, and they've tried tying him up. He breaks everything, chains, the whole bit. He gets set free, totally made sane again. And they ask Jesus to leave. You know what I found? Sometimes people are fickled. Come on, how many of us we... Well, I got a few quirks. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> huh? Are you, is there an anchor of your soul? Look at this. It says, and will, and will not fear when heat comes. That represents... We can't live a fairy tale life. We live in a fallen world with fallen people. Life happens. Stuff sometimes doesn't go as expected. Sometimes people make bad decisions. Sometimes people are filled with bitterness and they do hateful things. They have revenge in the, on the inside of them. Toward the end of the year, actually it started, you know, God wants to speak to us in advance to prepare us. And last, last year, right along this time, just over a year ago, we had Pastor Kerry Kirkwood and his wife, you know, that came in, taught on Sunday morning, did a special Sunday night service, worship, and, and they gave Joanne and I, they pulled us up and gave us a prophetic word. And in that word, I mean, you read it, it's just like, Wow. It, and it's talking about these, these accusations and all this stuff that would start happening and these attacks. And, and I'm literally, I'm thinking, 
is this for somebody else out here? I'm okay. <laughs> Not knowing what was coming. Sometimes God is trying to prepare us and give us that so we'll fight a good fight. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, by the prophecies of the elders that you've been given, you need to war a good warfare. And then long towards the end of the year, I had literally, God woke me up in the middle of the night and spoke to me and said, there is, there is a person, gave me a name even, that is devising evil against you and you need to pray. If I told you the backstory behind that, it put, caused the hair to go up on your backside. But unfortunately, even in that, I prayed for a little bit, and then I just, you don't hear anything, you don't see anything. It's like, ah, well. And I moved on, not realizing, oh, that didn't stop. I should have kept praying, kept standing against that. Because that thing still wants to come. But you know what? I, I, I just, I'm just telling you. I've got clear rhema words from God. Spoken words. Where I'm reading the Bible and things stand out. And I know it to be true. And I send it to some elders and different ones. And let them feed back on that. And I know one thing. With the promises of God. And as long as I maintain my heart and that I'm okay where I'm not offended and I'm, I'm not shutting down or cutting off the anointing from my life because that'll do it. You get, in, you get in offense, you get in unforgiveness. It'll, it, listen, it doesn't hurt them, it hurts you. And it can cut blessing off. Listen, I've been attacked in the past. I've had all kinds of stuff. <laughs> hey, how, get, did you know we, we went through a big investigation some time back Somebody sent in to TEA that, our, that uh, our school built 18 homes and gave away to church members. Did any of y'all get one of those? I'm like, if I, if I was going to build 18 homes and give, I'd at least get one. I mean, come on. <laughs> but no, we got to go through all this, spend all this time, money, and, and, and energy, and focus to because somebody made a false accusation. A stupid one, if you ask me. I mean, all you got to do is look at the finances, if you can read them. Anyway, I better get off that. They might be watching. You know what? I got a promise. Every one of those accusations, Pastor Kerry, he declared would be proven false. Done. Amen. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you, I try my best to live above reproach. I, listen, when I'm nearly one of the top givers, what, what am I? I was, what, number three or four last year? I don't know. Joint's probably getting nervous now. I live to give. I want to serve community. I want to advance the kingdom of God. And I want to do it in such a way that it blesses and honors Him. Amen? So, 
Let them talk. <laughs> Let them talk. Joanne gets nervous. Are you, are you sure you're humble enough in that? Listen, I'm confident in the Word of God. It's not Wallander's. God called us to do this. I didn't dream. Listen, I didn't dream this up. I wouldn't have picked this. I'd have found something else to do. I'd have had a deer ranch somewhere or something if I had my brothers. God is so faithful. God is faithful. Amen. Church, rejoice. We've got some great opportunities before us. Not only here in San Angelo, but in other cities that we're moving to and advancing the work of God. Let's stand to our feet. Are you here today? And you need to maybe set and refocus where your hope is at. Man, I I feel right now maybe someone has either already received a pronouncement of something from a doctor or they're going to. And I'm just going to say it right now. Don't be moved by that. They don't get the last word. God gets the last word. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Hope in God. Amen. The power of believing and the hope that you have in Him will cause you to carry through so many things in life. Amen. I want us to just bow our heads just for a moment. Father, I just thank you for your goodness. I pray that this message, Lord, resonates. And God, that we would, we would see the seriousness of it, but the incredible blessing from having our hope in you. Father, I thank you for that. Show us the difference between mental ascent from wishful thinking and from genuine hope that's anchored in the Word. Let there be an understanding. Father, help us to seek you, to pray to you as we began early in this, knowing that you have a future and a hope for us. We thank you for that. Well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If there's anyone here, and maybe you're here this morning, and, and you just you just at this place, and you just know that, wow, I need a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Like what pastors talked about. Listen, I prayed a simplistic prayer to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And I want to help you do that this morning. If that's you and and you're out there and you're saying, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, whether it's for the first time or even if it's a rededication. Heads bowed, eyes closed. This is really between you and God, but, but I want to help you in this process. If that's you and you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to make Jesus Lord. I want you to just raise your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. Yes, hands are going up. Yes, quite a few hands. Yes, go ahead, lift them up. Lift them up. Father, we we thank you for each one of these. God, they're making this their profession of faith here today. Lord, that they'll be translated from darkness to light. The love of God will be shed abroad in hearts. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Their life will never be the same again. Now, I want to lead you in a prayer. I want to invite everyone to pray this out loud together. All I'm doing is lending you some words. And the congregation, listen, most of all of them have prayed the same prayer. 
And we want to help you. And if you'll pray this and you mean this from your own heart, it's not just words lended to you. You're going you're gonna to see God. Make them your own. You're going to see God do something special. Let's pray together. Let's pray out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price, the penalty for my sin. I believe through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, I can be saved. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. And help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for those decisions. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's program at the Life Church. Our prayer is that you've been blessed by this morning's message and that God would continue to speak into your heart throughout the week. We are so excited about what God is doing right here at the Life Church as we connect people with God's purpose. Again, if you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us for a visit at 3301 TLC Way. We have two Sunday morning services for you to choose from, 9.15 and 11 a.m. Again, our prayer is that you've been blessed and we hope you have a great week.